0: And welcome to season two. Can you believe it? They kept us around for another season. I'm excited. Ryan to my left is just like vibrating. He's so excited, uh, and I can't believe it. We're ready to start a new season. MBSHS over coffee. Um, yeah, they they kept us rolling. That's good. They didn't they didn't pull the plug after the first season, mm-hmm. like some of those TV shows out there. We got to keep going. I we get have to, keep to point
1: going. out we don't have coffee though
0: we don't have coffee because (laughs) of the just the the distracting kind of like lip smack that it would make you know like on the on the microphone i would love to actually have coffee um that'd be great but uh our guest to kick off season two i am excited for this and uh it's gonna be awesome Uh, miss jennifer larock is joining me our new vice principal at mbchs and uh, I just thought, man, this is going to be a great way to kick it off. We're all going to get to know you just a little bit more behind the scenes. Uh, myself, as well as lots of other people, and I'm sure some uh, some maybe do a little bit. Uh, but this is going to be great, especially, uh, yeah, heading into the first, first full school year for you for MBCHS. Uh, uh, so, I usually start with the first time I've met somebody. Man, I think the first time I met you was probably like... <laughs> I don't even know if I really met you before school even began, to be honest with you. I think I made my way down to the office like a week and a half into the school year when students were already in the building and and said hello. Um, That's just how much confidence and trust I just knew. Like (laughs) She's going to be great. I don't even need to find out for myself. I can just make my way down there at some point and and affirm that you're great. We are
1: student service people at heart, yeah. so you know, you, you just know. Yeah. yeah,
0: exactly, exactly, that's wonderful. Uh, so, welcome, welcome to NBCHS, Thank welcome you. to the podcast, welcome to season two, it's going to be great. Um, oh, first question I had for curiosity's sake, and I'm just going to throw it uh, throw it out there, is when when the job posting came up, <laughs> VP, Kay. NBCHS, um, what, what were some things that crossed your mind when you saw the job posting, and then what made you kind of pull the trigger on throwing your name in the hat
1: you know um I saw it and I thought "Hmm, it's time for a new change it's I like to change I'm not one to stay in my in a position forever I really believe it's important in a career to stay fresh so Mm -hmm. I've done it a few times in my career and you know I guess my last job I was feeling kind of the itch to try something new again and you know NBCHS is a big school it's our biggest school in the division and thought I'd give it a try and see you know how it would give me a new fresh start again
0: yeah it's kind of interesting how you can kind of feel change in the air sometimes mm-hmm. I in my life I've definitely felt like yeah. kind of just I feel like there's change in yeah. the air I can't put my finger on it there's nothing there's no door right in front of me that's there to walk through yet but uh, it's interesting how that happens and uh, since since uh, putting your name in, getting the job, we're all grateful for it. What are some of the What are some of the I guess positive things in the first two months? Those positive things that really stood out to you about MDCHS?
1: Um, it's it's exciting. It's never dull. It's always something new. It, it was a, it and it's been a challenge, but it's been a good challenge to get to know all the staff and all the students. And I mean, I still haven't gotten to know everyone quite yet, but mm-hmm. it's always my daily challenge to get to know somebody else or get to know another. Um, connection to different family members and things like that. So that's what I really like. That's what kind of gets me going every day is trying to, you know, meet the people, get there. Um, it's a big building, but it's interesting to see how everything fits together and how all the departments work. And yeah, it's learning every day, so it's good. We we always say kids need to learn. I think we need to learn too because we don't want to get stale in our jobs. So. Yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. It's it's tough to get more of a dynamic job than teacher like it's yeah. it can be something different every day like there's that overhanging routine you know you know your schedule you know the, mm-hmm. the daily schedule and all that kind of stuff but just you never know what the day will bring and it uh it can be really exciting and really like just something different there's a, a new spin on something or a new you know student relationship breakthrough something like that mm-hmm. that's kind of happening and, and the days fly by the <laughs> days fly by absolutely um yeah i've it's, it's crazy, I think there's 130 staff, according to the email list. If you type yeah. in the email, it'll tell you how many recipients it's going to, and that's, I've referenced that a few times. Um,
1: I, think, I think there's 160 some with all of our support staff, like okay. like all of the facilities and caretakers. Yeah, and that's crazy, and then I think it's too.
0: 70 teachers uh, yeah. specifically, it's, it's, it's big and it's spread out. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Uh, so, first year at MBCHS, tell us a little bit about your teaching journey leading up. Like when did when did this all begin for you?
1: Oh, I've been doing it a while. 1996, I think I graduated. I graduated from Minot State University. Minot state. Did you
0: spend, like, all your years were there? Yep, I was Wow, there. and what brought you to Minot State? Sorry, well, state? I
1: did start in the speech language. You know, most people back then would go down for the speech language pathology course. I did a double major, so it was that in education, and kind of when I got into it, I was like, yeah, I don't really like the clinical side of speech and language as much, and I really was pulled towards the teaching side, so...
0: That's awesome. And, and, I, and I know that you have a bit of a student services mm-hmm. background. So was the speech kind of... Uh, it was. Well, I did. St- I did
1: actually special ed down there. It's so, like that was my... Okay. That, cause sure. It's a little bit different in the States. So then once I graduated, I came back up into Canada. My first job was up in Black Lake, Saskatchewan for nine years on the reserve there. So I did nine years there and then I did a little trek just down the road to the provincial side of things um, through Northern Light School Division to Stony Rapids School, where I was, oh, well in Black Lake, I did student services, I was a vice principal there, and then when I went over to Stony, I worked there for five years with Northern Light School Division, and there I did some student service, and I was an itinerant when I first started there, and I got to fly to Uranium City and Council Boardage, Um That's and work nice. with two different schools. Three schools in that division, and then I was the principal there for a few years, and then I s- just made my way south because my family's all in the south. So then I was um, I was lucky enough to get a job with Living Sky, and I started at Kando for nine years, ten years almost there. Then I went over to Cut Knife. For three, and now I'm here at the comp.
0: Ma- <laughs> so how many? Years, I've been everywhere. <laughs> how many years? Yeah, it's 24. <laughs> 24 years. Okay, mm-hmm. excellent. Uh, so right out of university, mm-hmm. you're in Black Lake, and when I mean when you first said Black Lake to me, I just thought like the ominous like Black, black lake. lake. Is it really black? Like is it? Black? It's on
1: Lake Athabasca. Okay, so so Lake Athabasca is large. Okay, so it's a like a lake off. Bas- like Athabasca
0: yeah yeah big. okay that's massive that's really cool and, and you in those first nine years you were automatically transitioning into administration then so how many years were you teaching um
1: you? I probably did about four years and then was moved into VP wow
0: so you basically had admin experience for the last like 20 years mm-hmm. wow that's fantastic and uh, and then Stony Rapids you said so Black Lake was a federal school yeah okay and then uh, Stony Rapids was, now we're into Northern Lights. It's Northern a part Light, of Northern Lights, yeah. yeah,
1: school division. So that's priv- all the rest were provincial. So.
0: Okay, yeah. is there like big, big differences, you know, like as a teacher behind the scenes between federal and, like, is it, is it uh, as a teacher, is it really just like, not as, really. As kids it's, its kids and classrooms its buildings and buildings.
1: I know there's always funding issues, but when you're just teaching, that's not your problem. Yeah. <laughs> so no, sure. not much difference okay.
0: for that. Oh, that's, that's excellent. And. Uh, And you got to, like, you got to take airplanes with Stony Rapids to do Mm. Uranium City. Man, you're way up there. Um, Like, what's, what's winter like up there? It is cold. Okay.
1: Long and dark and cold, (laughs) because it's dark a lot of the time, too. But it's really fun.
0: How do you beat the winter? How do you... You get to skidoo. Okay. To work. That's cool. You can't
1: beat that. Some people took dog teams, even, to work. It's crazy. I wish
0: I could take a horse to work. (laughs) like that it would be my could, dream yeah. probably <laughs> yeah. to take a that'd be awesome um like so I'm envisioning in my head that like it's only light from like 11am till like it was about yeah
1: about 10ish in the morning till about you know you just finished school and it would start to get dark again and it was long but then the summers and the spring were the exact opposite yeah, so yeah sure. You had to tinfoil your windows or you yeah. couldn't sleep. So. Wow. so
0: because I 'cause I've been up north in June, you know, so I know that whole like midnight sun yeah. thing where the sun never goes down. We definitely experienced that, but I just always thought to myself, Man, the winter would be just like oh, I couldn't believe it. And the school day is much the same? Like is it do you adjust your school day at all? Um, like we
1: have a little bit longer days, so you got out a little bit earlier. It because kids were sort of like it's spring and you had a long, long winter. Yeah, so absolutely. We, yeah. D- we did longer days to get longer summers.
0: Oh, that's excellent. And um, any big so from from Black Lake, Stony Rapids, uh, then to Kandu, mm-hmm. Um And what was what was it like? Any big adjustments for you coming coming down <laughs> south? I guess we're still. I didn't central, know right? how
1: to carry a cell phone. People laughed at me for probably a year or two i didn't have a cell phone you didn't have cell phones up north yeah. so when i came out people would be like i've called you i've texted you and i'm like sorry yeah. i don't <laughs> even carry a phone i had to get used to carrying a phone
0: that's awesome
1: so that was everyone's like ugh, please get a phone get your like check your phone use your phone
0: yeah, yeah. uh yeah um for sure yeah. uh, it's still like i wish we didn't i just wish we weren't always so dependent on cell phones even now but Talcos is part mm-hmm. of the deal Excellent. So in Kandu, you were the principal.
1: I was vice principal. Vice to start principal. in okay. some student service, and then I became the
0: principal. Excellent. And then cut kind neck of like your principal. Yeah. The whole time, and um, in I guess in your experience there, I mean, any any interesting, challenging, crazy stories from your hmm. twenty four years prior? Um, maybe. <laughs> I could write a book. Probably. Yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> I don't even know. My most challenging experience in it, you know, would be, it was a good challenge, would have been when in Knife I I went there and we we merged the two schools together. So there was an elementary school and a high school in the community, and they're just with attendance issues. They um, put everyone into the high school, but we had to modify, like change and adapt the high school to meet all the needs of all the kids. And so I came in as a new person to the community and the schools. So that was... A huge challenge, but it was really rewarding too because sure. it really taught me a lot about school culture, like how to build a new school culture and how to work with two existing school cultures and bring people together.
0: So, yeah. so when you came into Knife, kind of, mm-hmm. like they were just kind of on. Um, was up, in up the very in early process. stages. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So we had and to pick
1: colors and who we were going to be and our mission and our values and yeah. you know, like our vision and everything. That's
0: so. excellent. Do. Um, like, did you see being brand new as an advantage in that situation, just coming in brand new? I think so. Yeah.
1: Um, it had its advantage because I didn't know the two schools ahead of time, I think. So I didn't know. I think it might have been a little harder if you belonged to one of the other, one of the two. Sure. Because there is that, you know, you kind of hold on to what you know a little bit. So,
0: yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, and so... In, in Combined now, it's a fairly good sized K to twelve school. Mm-hmm. I believe you mentioned like 210, two ten to yeah, around in there. It kind stu- of
1: fluctuates, probably about two thirty. Yeah, like
0: that's a good size K to twelve school. I think, uh, just in my experience. So, um, what would you say then from your experience? What makes what makes a healthy school culture?
1: I would say it's a lot about building the relationship. I think that's with kids and with staff and students, right? And just families, like really getting to know them and we did a lot of work on that with we were an FTV school there too and that really helped um just get all of the teachers and like we had to do a lot of work on just who we were now Mm -hmm. and we had some hard conversations but it was all a good conversation and just having that same vision and it you know, it's, it's there now, and they are the Kodiaks, and it's a good thing now.
0: Oh, that's yeah. excellent.
1: It's a good journey to look back on.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So when you say relationships are the core of healthy culture, it's really staff-to-student relationships, or is it kind it's of... It's both, actually.
1: Okay. Stu- like, student-to-staff, and then you know well staff to student and I would say staff to families because sure. that's a big piece in like a lot of almost all schools because really you need to get your families yeah. to be a piece of that and then just staff to staff too yeah
0: that whole piece. I think once you there's a saying and I f- oh, I forget who said it I might even want to say it was Stephen Covey but I could be wrong um, who just who said that uh, organizations move at the speed of trust? Mm-hmm. And I've always really liked that, and I've always felt That's like true. that is very true. Um, when you don't have trust, it, it's like the oil out of the engine. It just kind of you're just mm-hmm. bogged down and barely making any movement, and because nobody trusts each other, and nobody, nobody's moving, and nobody wants to progress. That's true. Um, when you have that trust, I mean, you can kind of just take things and go and there's just a natural kind of oil in that engine that just keeps things moving because you're not having to think too hard about, about those in between steps. And so I think when I hear you say that, I think, man, building relationships, staff to student, uh, staff to families, really just building that trust and just those natural, healthy relationships that that. Take take time. They do take effort, but it, it just being ourselves and being natural, and just mm-hmm. reaching out and saying hello, like that's mm-hmm. that's a really. I think I've found that in my own career too. Like when you build that trust, the it makes the next conversation that much easier, and yeah, then all of a sudden you just have this. Being consistent. Yeah, you just you have to Be consistent yeah. with your actions too. Absolutely, you just have that kind of culture built, and it it pays off in dividends, uh, for sure. Okay, so I wanted to ask you too, um, just about some. Uh, I've asked it previously on just what are some intrinsic uh, core values that you have, but uh, I'm gonna try something different with you. and I, I just encountered this on a podcast myself. <laughs> okay. It's a business podcast I listen to uh, a lot, and they were talking about hiring and uh, getting to people's you know core values and stuff like that. So they did this exercise. And I was like, oh, I'm going to try it. But we may have to edit this like crazy because uh, it's the first time. But we're going to go for it. I'm going to go for it, too. So the, this this core values exercise. And, I mean, on this podcast, they said play along at home. So if you want to play along at home, absolutely <laughs> figure out what your intrinsic core values are. Um, but first question to this little exercise is think of your favorite story or show or novel or Broadway play. It could be anything. That, that favorite story or show. What would it be, Jen?
1: True crime. I love like the Datelines and the, you know, Special Victims Unit. Anything that has like a true story of crime and kind of the why. Why do people behave and act the way they do?
0: Okay, and then the next question in the exercise is This could be a scary. <laughs> if you uh, if if you were to play a character in this show, mm-hmm. uh, this true crime. Uh, you know, whether you're on the investigative side or the, uh, you know. Psychotic murderer aside, whatever it might be, which character would you play in this?
1: I would be the lead and detective. This? Not detective, but lead detective. Okay, I was so, there's no
0: judgment in this. No. But the lead detective. <laughs> absolutely no judgment. In this. Uh, the lead detective, okay. So I think in the exercise about core values, then the next the next essential question is if uh, you're you kind of see yourself or you play this character lead detective, why? What is it about that? Why would you choose to play that particular character do you think?
1: when I watch those I need to understand why people do things the way they do it or why what drives them to it or why what happened in their lives or what's been going on okay that's driving those behaviors and it's a piece of the challenge of figuring it all out you know like when I watch those shows I'm like I can figure it out before it's over but it's like I've watched a lot of them but it's it's that piece of Figuring out a puzzle, sure. Trying okay. to get to the end.
0: Yeah. So I mean, I think of that when you when I hear you say that. I think of just that kind of that mathematical puzzle, like you want to trace things back to the why and the uh, and the how. And is that something that uh, is that something about yourself that you've seen kind of throughout your whole life? Is this this desire to kind of like why do people I do think that? So. Kind of like deconstruct things to help understand things. And ask then questions. Ask deep questions. Them, yeah. Okay. Um, and and uh, would you say that you bring that into your work, like this this desire to understand the why behind people's actions? I think deconstruct so. Deconstruct that a little yeah. bit, yeah. And, and I've too. been
1: doing it at a lot of different places, so you never get real like you get comfortable, but then you go and meet new people, right? So mm-hmm. you're always figuring out different people's whys and you know yeah. different conversations.
0: Good. Sure. And is there a motive? Do you think behind the. The why do I want to know why people do what they do? Is there a motive behind that, you think? Um, I mean, I I have a hypothesis, mm -hmm. but I wanted to ask.
1: I think I just... When I'm watching those shows, it's very interesting because you just don't know if it's something that happened recently or is it something they grew up with, like nature versus nurture. And, you know, there's all these different things. In education, it might be a little bit different, but I think everybody needs the why. They need to understand when we're going to do something. And like you said, that trust, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know what your, what's well, your no, what do I, you think? I'm just saying, oh, I so there know. might be
0: a trust element there. It might be, uh, like for me, I, I am similar to that. I love to uh, deconstruct and to understand and mm-hmm. to put back together, but my... I have a passion to take things that aren't going well and things that aren't like, True. there's a bit of frustration here because I, I have hopes and dreams and desires, but like this, just whatever I'm doing, or whatever this is, just isn't working and it's, I'm deflated, I'm disheartened. Right. And I, I just really, I kind of perk up cause I want to try and see if I can deconstruct why things are not going well, what the original intention was, right. and then construct it back again. And I think for me, it's just like that, that core of like, I want people to know that number one, there's, there's always hope for those like core desires and the things that they hope for right. that, you know, there's hope that we can deconstruct some things and we can actually build a plan to move towards what you originally envisioned, what you originally wanted, whether it's business or, or career or life in general, whatever it might be. Right. And so it kind of leading people towards health. Number one, knowing that there's hope right. in that when you feel like things aren't going well. But that, oh man, I can actually take some steps towards what I, what was right. in my heart originally or whatever it was. So there's like that that core value of just helping people right. to be at their best or to understand, to build healthy relationships. So I think maybe my hypothesis would have been Who like... Who would
1: have thought serial killers, watching serial killers is actually yeah gets to that because then you may maybe <laughs> you
0: see some forks in the road for exactly. those, those individuals and you're like oh like maybe that's the point where we intervene or True. you know where did they kind of deviate a few degrees away from mm-hmm. obviously healthy behavior
1: they didn't find their way
0: and it can help coach people mm-hmm. in those maybe moments way 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 back in the story and those forks in the road perhaps uh, part of it but if you I mean if I just asked you to just flat out about some of your intrinsic core values what would be your response to that thing?
1: um it's, it's easy but hard um yeah oh for sure i have the core value i think everyone deserves to be heard but also respected i think um, i think a core value in today's society like you said it's about you know, being innovative, because there's so many roadblocks in life in general, and it's trying to figure out, like, resiliency, and being that person that can be resilient through a lot of those things, and be positive, and look after yourself, um, and be well, and make sure your your people around you are well, like, that's my uh, big part, is making sure others are, like, kindness, and... I don't, that's, yeah, those are, we kind of, like, to be really resilient and make sure you're aware of things around you and people around you that need some of that, for sure.
0: That's excellent. When did you know you wanted to be a teacher?
1: I, you know, when I got to university, <laughs> really wasn't, I didn't go in thinking, oh, it's going to be a teacher. Uh, I wanted to be a police officer or a flight attendant when I was young, but teaching came like I said when I started and I really enjoyed kids it's the kid piece that I loved sure just being around kids
0: yeah what were your experiences like did you have jobs or have uh, volunteer were you around kids when you were kind of in that that time frame where you were making decisions about education
1: I babysat a lot when I was young but Mm -hmm. not really not paid like a paid job babysat tons but yeah maybe that's why I didn't want to be a teacher at first (laughs) but
0: free labor you know (laughs) fair enough When did you know you wanted to be an administrator?
1: Um, That was early on because I think I realized, you know, that why. Like, trying to put it together, trying to build teams, trying to... um, I think as you're a student service teacher, you kind of have a little piece of that if you really like doing student services because you're always kind of building teams if it isn't, like, your IIP teams or your EA teams or different teams along the way. So that was a pretty easy one for me. I felt like... um, don't know i just was it was something i was drawn to just to because i wanted to be if i was going to have a voice about change i wanted to help with the change i didn't want to just sit there and like talk yeah, about it i sure. wanted to help lead some of that change
0: absolutely and i'm, and I'm definitely sensing just that high relational value for yeah. you as well and talk about team building and everything like that, it's, it's a lot about obviously motivating and, and rallying mm-hmm. and just kind of having those um just that discernment about you know good fits for teams mm-hmm. and, and things like that that's all part of just that relational side and I, I've sensed that from you too since, since mm-hmm. we have uh, first met at the start of the year as well um, was there ever a time where you questioned being a teacher or an administrator um, I
1: haven't I was thinking about that um I think, yeah, like I've in my twenty four years I've worked in some really tough communities and I have experienced, you know, a lot of loss with some of my students personally mm-hmm. and I think that shakes any any teacher or administrator or whatever you're doing because it takes a lot, you get to know those kids fairly well and then things happen and it's tragic. But it's also you realize when you reflect on it, those kids would not want you to quit because you were there for them and that yeah. isn't going to be what you do because you're going to help other kids so yeah. that would have been probably my one time through education that it was tough a yeah. few times
0: for sure um maybe this isn't just a natural next question when you when you experience because we we all experience to some degree mm-hmm. when you experience like just those moments that just kind of punch you in the stomach as mm-hmm. a teacher because one of your students or you know staff members mm-hmm. someone you care about deeply they're experiencing something just like tragic right. or um what, uh, do you have any tips or processes or strategies? How do you personally kind of bounce back from that to a place where your f- feet's back underneath it and you're ready to keep going forward? I
1: surrounded myself with good people, like good friends, good family. Um, I didn't shut myself off. I do lots of self-care, you know, sure. like making sure I'm okay, yeah.
0: um, what's your about it. What's your go-to self-care? What's my
1: go-to? Oh. Um, I exercise in the morning before I go to work because it just sets me better to the day. Yeah. It's not like hard workout, but it's workout. Yeah. Um, and I make sure I check in with my people. Like I have good people around me.
0: Yeah, this is friends, family, or both, one? both. Yeah. 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 Okay, That's, and daily check-ins. With mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Okay.
1: I have little group chats here and there. So. Yeah. Absolutely. Now I use my phone.
0: Okay. Yeah. Here <laughs> <laughs> you've gotten used yeah. to the phone. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, in your in your, I guess, time as a student, mm-hmm. your time as a student, um, is there any teachers that stick out to you from growing up?
1: You know, I was thinking about that because I had a teacher in grade five. His name was Mr. Crop, and he, and maybe this is where you find that relational piece. But he would always do kid of the day and. You were given, you know, all your names went in a hat and you got your name drawn out and everyone in that room had to write something nice about you or something good about you or something kind about you. And I remember having them two years in my elementary school and everyone was excited for that. And I think that was just such a relational piece because you wanted you wanted to see what the kids wrote, but you really waited to see what he wrote. Yeah, because it was the teacher. Absolutely, you know. Yeah. And yeah. So I think that was a big piece, and yeah. he really got to know each of and every one of his kids. So his it was very personable.
0: So, sure. Yeah. Excellent. And uh, a couple things from that, like so. I mean, maybe it speaks to the weight of a teacher's mm-hmm. words for sure, and I don't think that's just elementary. No. I think that's at any point, I, even if you're in university or whatever, if you're getting your PhD. Yeah. Uh, the weight of your teacher's words, and that's just it's something mm. always good to have in, in the back mm-hmm. of your mind, um, and, and not in not just in a negative sense, because yeah. we need to all be aware that in a negative sense, right. is that our, our words have way extra weight right. to them because of, of the role and position we have, but then f- turn it on its head and say, well, how can I, how can I burn some words into you for life that are positive <laughs> exactly. you know as a teacher and, and affirm you because the same thing could work on the other side mm-hmm. is saying how could I build you up in a way that you're not going to forget this uh, in a time of need when you're 20 or 30 or 40 whatever it might be, exactly uh, as well and um, yeah and then the other thing too is uh, we had talked about this earlier too is it's, it's, it's sometimes it's funny how the things that students we remember and this is for all of us uh, all of us listening as well, is the times or the teachers we remember from growing up like those moments aren't necessarily like those like heavy academic moments you know like test taking you know yeah. things like that like it's it's just funny the the moments we do remember and that do stick with us and i flash back through the memories of elementary high school it's not it's academic. not academic <laughs>
1: my kindergarten teacher in her playhouse you know my grade two teacher yeah. her pottery everywhere you know it's like you know yeah your high school teachers it was usually a relational piece it was not yeah. actual yeah like
0: learning yeah absolutely and, and so just your
1: outdoor ed trips like in high school absolutely. that would be one of my yes yeah.
0: absolutely that for me that outdoor ed would be yeah. huge and the experiences kind of leading up to that would be huge but and, and for me as uh, in in a reflection just for me it's just like well to get really I mean obviously it's our job uh, mm-hmm. to uh, be teaching the curriculum and to be involved in all the academics and pushing our students to do their best in their academics, obviously that's our job, but just to note those relational mm-hmm. moments and those experiences and, and those kind of memory making experiences, whether it's uh, a field trip or just something different we're doing outside instead of inside right. or whatever it might be, to just know mm-hmm. that. I mean, These could be honestly those memory making experiences yeah. for kids, to those relational or, or different things, so that's uh that's excellent. Um so we should highlight for a second here too, um, that your elementary school which elementary school are you referring to?
1: lindell Elementary School in Mooshaw, Saskatchewan.
0: Yes, and so when we were chatting about this, I live I am born and raised in Mooshaw. <laughs> and it's it's funny because Lindy is also from Mooshaw and uh and so now Jen has come in also from jaw I mean this is great. This couldn't get any better for me personally. Uh, Because of the automatic just connection there, there's just we just can finish each other's sentences at this point, knowing (laughs) that we're both coming from the area. But uh, Lindale School that was three literally three houses away from where I lived was Lindale School. It was a different school division because it was, but he was a town kid, yes,
1: I was a farm kid, so yes,
0: so had a little rivalry back back in the day, yeah, Thunder Creek School Division. Um, (laughs) it all the uh. All the uh, rural kids around Moose got bus to one school within Moose elementary mm-hmm. school, uh, named Lindell, and I. So I was three doors away, but I couldn't go to Lindell school. <laughs> Living like literally like seventy feet from the front door, I couldn't go to Lindell because it was a different school division than Moose school division, because it was a rural school division. And uh, and my dad was a school teacher, and he couldn't teach at Lindell. Uh, you know, it was it was. Uh, we had to, had, to to had to buy a farm. they had to buy a farm. And so you didn't grow up in Musha. Where did you grow up? Yeah.
1: I grew up on a farm about 20 kilometers uh, west. So, yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, sounds good. Around, and so I'm just... In smiling. Penn,
1: like outside of Belle Plains. Sure, so. Yeah.
0: yeah. So between Musha and Regina, mm-hmm. on the number one, there's Pente. Yes. Bell Go down, Plain. you
1: hit about four miles north of there. And yes, my parents have a family farm there that they've had for quite a while. So.
0: Oh, that's excellent. Are they mm-hmm. still... Yep, they're still farming. Wow, that's fantastic. Grain mm-hmm. farming, livestock? No, cattle. Cattle, okay. Wonderful. And then went to Lindell which high school?
1: Oh, Peacock Collegiate.
0: Peacock Collegiate. And you just rewind the episode back <laughs> to, to Lindy's episode, and you'll hear all about uh, peacock. Uh, so it's fantastic. But it's it's just great to have uh, a fellow peacock graduate uh, mm-hmm. on staff again. Uh, uh, you know, the, the loss of Lindy and now the gain of... Uh, Go Toilers. Go Toilers is right. <laughs> my wife always makes fun of that yeah. name, and I try and defend it.
1: I don't uh, know. Yeah, it is what it is. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Good stuff. Um, and who is uh, who is home for you now? Who's family for you now?
1: In I like live here yeah. now. I have my house here. I have a boyfriend, Ron, and I have three kids: Janay, Shania, and Dawson. So yeah. excellent. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, that's wonderful. Uh, we two dogs. Two dogs? My dogs out? Yeah. What kind of dogs
1: do you have? Chihuahuas. Little, Chihuahuas. Little yappy dogs, yes. Okay.
0: <laughs> not the dog sled dogs from up no, north. No,
1: had to leave those up there. <laughs>
0: you couldn't. Be, you just didn't have that moment where you couldn't leave them behind. <laughs> my neighbors might be
1: them. a little angry with that.
0: Yeah, you know what? I think if we have Megan Hustlewood on up sometime, she had she could moments give me a run where for money. she could not leave those dogs behind from up north. And she brought them, and they're real, and they're there there's a lot of them i think so um that's excellent
1: it was too expensive to feed dogs up there
0: honestly oh man <laughs> yeah
1: either had to fish in set nets or buy a lot of dog food so
0: <laughs> i couldn't imagine yeah I've, i i definitely heard prices are mm-hmm. quite a bit higher up north um well thank you so much for, mm-hmm. for coming on um i finish off with the question that i Kay. always finish off with and then we have the espresso round which, Okay. Uh, we're, we're, we're bringing <laughs> you in didn't give me all two. this yeah. no no espresso <laughs> round is there is no preparation whatsoever okay. it's all uh, just deeply uh, intense quest- okay. speed questions that are deeply intense okay. and mostly revolve around your deepest secrets as a human being <laughs> Okay. Um, no they're not they'll be <laughs> totally fine uh, but the question that I do finish off with usually is, is a pretty deep one and okay. I do like finishing off with it but it, it's what do you want people to say about you uh, at your funeral
1: hmm That I'm fun, and that I enjoyed my life on my terms.
0: Excellent. Thanks, Jen. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Okay, espresso round. Ten questions. Uh, Say the first honest thing that comes to your mind, Okay. and uh, it'll be good. It won't be uh, too crazy, I don't think, but I'm excited. Question number one. Uh, There's a bit of an assumption in this one, but we'll go with it. What was the name of your first car? Kermit. Kermit. That's fantastic. Was it, it was green. green. <laughs> that's awesome. It was awesome. a terrible car. <laughs> what was the make model of the car?
1: Dodge Diplomat. Oh, that's that's awesome. It's a it's always old, yeah. <laughs> that
0: was great. Uh, best book you've ever read?
1: Hmm. There's so many. I like anything by Bernie Brown.
0: Fantastic. So, I um, don't know. Yeah, I... I really enjoy her stuff yeah. as well. Most sentimental eating location? Restaurant, cafe, picnic? Mm,
1: I like a good steak. So, mm. the keg. I like any kind of steak place, honestly. Kay.
0: Okay, fantastic. Uh, mm-hmm. Most played band artists on your iPhone?
1: I'm a country girl, so... Hmm, that's a tough one. I like Florida, Georgia. Or yeah, Florida Georgia Line.
0: Excellent. A song stands out in particular?
1: Not really. I like anything.
0: Okay. Sounds great. Uh, who was one of your role models growing up?
1: Uh, I would say my grandma.
0: Fantastic. What, what would be one or two quick quick She raised
1: a ton of kids, and she was just that person that was so wise and smart, and she just had that ability to bounce and just do... Like she did tough stuff. Yeah, and And the resiliency that you talked
0: about earlier. Yeah, that's awesome. She
1: held us all accountable, so kept us in line.
0: That's awesome. That's uh, grandmas should do that. Uh, If they made a movie about your life, what genre would the movie be?
1: Well, it has to be like mystery or like deep true crime. (laughs) Except there's no true crime in your movie. No. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Okay, sounds good. Um, Seven. What? with some wise advice that an adult gave you growing up
1: Hmm. (sighs) travel as much as you can like see the world Like, don't stay in one place forever.
0: Okay. And I know you mentioned that you wanted to be a flight attendant when you were younger. So that was maybe kind of... That was part of of it, you know. And
1: I've done... I did a lot of traveling a little bit before this gig in North Battleford. But yeah, I used to do travel clubs and things like that. So
0: Okay, well this naturally leads to the next question. Is What's the number one item on your bucket list?
1: Oh, I want to go to Greece. I haven't gone to Greece. The Maldives, you know travel
0: yeah Mm -hmm. that's fantastic okay if you had a your own late night talk show who would be your first guest
1: idea okay. like I'm thinking and I'm like I don't know
0: That's right. no worries uh, and the last one number 10 who would you like to see as a guest on this podcast
1: hmm. I think some more new people on our staff um, who would be interesting that I'm interested about I think we need to know Kathy Arnold a little
0: more. Oh, that'd be fantastic, yeah. I know she's private. Yeah. But she'd be interesting. For sure, I'm sure. i Because I've heard a little bit of her backstory. I think okay. she'd be interesting. A, a deep well, I think, would be, that would be fantastic, absolutely. Thanks so much for coming on, this is Yeah, awesome. thanks for having me. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> it's time to thank the amazing people who make MBCHS Over Coffee podcast possible. Producing, recording, technology, my friend Ryan Kabelski, the man. Podcast cover art, Miss Elizabeth Millard. Staff photographs, Mister Mark Kachorik. And intro music, Madison Hemmerling. Catch him on Apple Music with his band, The Gladstone.
1: Not really. I went up north for years. We didn't have TV, really. Honestly, we didn't no, even have TV. Like my story, it would yep. when I worked went up north. They used to have those big satellite dishes, yep. like the ones that you had to go, you know, like the big, huge ones. Yep. And we lived; it was a Catholic community, but it's on the reserve. And we had three channels: news, yep. um, hockey, like a sports channel, because the chief yep. that was his channel.
0: Yeah.
1: And then we had a movie channel,
0: nice. but
1: the movie channel got changed. Anytime there was an inappropriate movie on because the nun had access to the, like, the receiver. Oh, right. And so you'd be right into watching the show and all of a sudden it just like cut off and you're like. So when she was gone, you're like, yeah, like we can finally watch TV movies because like, she couldn't. There was no one to to censor our <laughs> movies tell the story of like the crime it's true crime so it's like you get inside the psychos psychopathic (laughs) mind and like that's why i said i'm dark that probably is that my core about core service
0: that's an essential component of administration it is
1: you have to understand (laughs)
0: the
1: psyche (laughs) that's me okay yeah see no judgment you said
0: (laughs) yeah okay because this one was about like look
1: can i work with kids you know you can figure it out yeah
0: Okay. You never watch Dateline. Uh, no, I don't have to cable. It's a good thing.
1: Like Forty Eight Hours, Dateline, Criminal Minds. No way. None that's too else? dark for me. See, that's all I watch. As there's times I'm like, hey, I've had enough. I have too much now. Like I gotta. Too
0: you know. mm. dark. I'll watch the guy fill up the helium balloons at dollar dollar store in the club wall for my fix. That's it's so the boring. opposite. Of <coughs> true crowd turns out he's into creepy clowns or something yeah right? I was say the blowing up a balloon yeah <laughs> like I need something happy so that like, ksh- no it's yeah. like
1: that it character that carries in red yeah,
0: Very good. Oh, yeah. oh yeah too dark too dark too dark